Okay, I'm going to introduce you to three people. Count them. One, two, three. The idea is that you are going to rank each of them in terms of vanity. How vain are they on a scale from, say, one to five? Five being obnoxiously vain and one being whatever the opposite of vain is, humble, obnoxiously humble. <laughs> I know a few people like that too. So from obnoxiously humble to obnoxiously vain. And we'll give them from one, let's expand that out. That doesn't seem like quite enough differentiation. Let's give them from one to 10. One is obnoxiously humble, 10 is obnoxiously vain. Okay, here is person number one. What's that I hear you saying? You were expecting a real talking person? Well, one of the things we learn is that our impression of people is not specifically based on the things we might think that we base it on. Evidence of that? I'll bet you conjured up a person while listening to that little ditty and I'll bet you also gave him or her a vanity score, from obnoxiously vain to obnoxiously humble. Now, fess up. You did do that, didn't you? Of course you did. Okay, with that in mind, let's move on to person number two. Going to rank them from 10, obnoxiously vain, to 1, obnoxiously humble. Okay, here we go. So far, so good. I suspect you rated person one and person two, gave each of them a vanity score, and since good things come in threes, so they say, I'm not sure who they are, but I've heard them say it before, good things come in threes. Let's try one more person and have you rank him or her in terms of vanity from one obnoxiously humble, ten obnoxiously vain. Here we go. set? Did you rank all three? Okay, we can move on now to three more with little fanfare or extraneous explanations. Same deal. Rank them from obnoxiously vain to obnoxiously humble. Ten to one. Here we go.
Okay, I'm kind of mumbling to give you a second to rate that one. And now, here's number two. And now for the last one, it would be number three in this second series. Again, rank 10, obnoxiously vain, one, obnoxiously humble. Here it is. You may be asking yourself if there is actually a point to this little exercise. And there is a point. I'll leave it up to you to decide whether it's a good point, a bad point, or not much of a point at all. At any rate, vanity is one of those things that we are taught from the time we are little to avoid. Being vain is a bad thing. Let me suggest to you that that ain't necessarily so. It may be a good thing, particularly if it does not get to the obnoxious level. We can also think of vanity as arrogance, as smugness, as a sense of superiority. Those don't sound like good qualities, but let me suggest the possibility that they are essential for our own well-being, for our own success. A good measure of vanity, arrogance, smugness, probably serves us better than the opposite. An excessive measure of humility, self-deprecation, low self-esteem. The sweet spot is obviously someplace in the middle, but probably not on our scale from 1 to 10, probably not a 5. Personally, my vanity level kind of fluctuates around the 8 level, I think. And it has served me okay. It's kind of put-offish to some people, and other people find it perfectly acceptable, which doesn't make too much difference to me one way or the other, you know. If they like me, they like me, and if they don't, they don't. But at any rate, I think that some vanity, some arrogance, is probably a good thing. I'm going to include an excerpt now that speaks to that very issue. Surprise, surprise. My suggestion is that you listen, you take it into consideration, and then think about where you fit on the vanity scale from 1 to 10. Hopefully someplace above a five. Here we go. A normal person is the sort of person that might be designed by committee. You know, each person puts in a pretty color and it comes out gray. Alan Schman. Labels are for filing. Labels are for clothing. Labels are not for people. Martina Navratilova. Most people have become convinced that vanity is a bad quality to have. In fact, it may actually be a cardinal vice which makes it more than bad. It's terrible. If one explores this negative pronouncement in more depth though, it ain't necessarily so. For example, Lord Chesterfield said, to this principle of vanity, which philosophers call a mean one, 
and which I do not, I owe a great part of the figure which I have made in life. There you go. Chesterfield thought vanity was one of the keys to his success. It may be that vanity is little more than one of those things that is just going around. If so, even you may have a little yourself. As Blaise Pascal suggested, vanity is so secure in the heart of man that everyone wants to be admired, even I who write this, and you who read this. No less an icon than Mark Twain said, there are no grades of vanity, there are only grades of ability in concealing it. And there is no end to how clever people can be when concealing it. To illustrate, Louis Cronenberger suggested this strategy, nothing so soothes our vanity as a display of greater vanity in others. It makes us vain, in fact, of our modesty. So if you are uncomfortable with vanity, substitute modesty about being not so vain as some people you know. Just be sure to cleverly conceal it. Francois de La Rochefoucauld is another one of the folks who got it. What makes the vanity of others insupportable is that it wounds our own. Benjamin Franklin got it too. Most people dislike vanity in others, whatever share they have of it themselves. But I give it fair quarter, wherever I meet with it, being persuaded that it is often productive of good to the possessor, and to others who are within his sphere of action, and therefore, in many cases, it would not be altogether absurd if a man were to thank God for his vanity among the other comforts of life. Antonio Porquier also understood, although he did slip in, ridiculous, probably as a minor concession to the vanity police, without this ridiculous vanity that takes the form of self-display, and is part of everything and everyone, we would see nothing, and nothing would exist. Fortunately, there is a much better approach. You can simply reconceptualize. What folks refer to in you as vanity isn't vanity at all. Rather, it's merely a reflection of your positive self-perception. It's what the psychologists call a good self-image. If someone accuses you of vanity, just smile and say, I'm not a giant or a meek little lamb. I am me, that's who I am. I'm taller than a cat and shorter than a tree. I'm the very best me you'll ever see. I like to laugh, I like to smile. I like to daydream once in a while. I'm extra special but I'm still just me. I'm the very best me I know how to be. I always try to do my best. I'm good at a lot of things and getting better at the rest. Here's the truth for everyone to see. It's totally terrific being me. I could tell you more stuff about who I am. I like spaghetti and strawberry jam. Here at last is the most spectacular part. I'm extra special because I am so smart. Now you know so there you go. As I say from time to time, now you know, so there you go. It's kind of up to you where you choose to fit on the vanity scale. I'm going to include one of Kevin McLeod's tunes just to kind of soothe us out as we move on to the rest of our day. In the meantime, do well, be well, and be nice to someone.
music by Kevin McLeod.